This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is now you're talking with Marshall Ramsey. It's the show about the most interesting people and stories of Mississippi. Hey, look, on today's show, our guest is award-winning author and brain surgery survivor, Brandy Perry. We'll speak with Brandy about how she overcame this life-changing surgery and began to chase her dreams. We'll also talk about her latest novel, Splinter. To be part of the show, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email me at the show at marshall at mpbonline.org. This is now you're talking on MPB Think Radio, and we'll be right back after the news. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey, on another nice, hot, muggy, uh, moist Monday. Actually, it's Motivational Monday because I tell you what, we got a great guest today who will motivate you. She's award-winning author Brandy Perry. And, I, you know, I've had the opportunity to interview Brandy before and kind of keep up with her and... Uh, you're going to really enjoy this interview. She's written five interviews. She survived major brain surgery. she got a couple other challenges now that she will talk about, too. Um, we're going to talk about how, how she channeled her strength into writing and about her latest novel, Splintered, which I'm holding in my hot hand right now. It's signed to me, too. It's great. I'm very lucky. It's like Christmas in June. Anyway, uh, but first, we're going to talk about that weekly roundup with my good friend, Michelle. Happy Monday, Michelle. Oh, hi. hi. Hey, there you hi. go. Wake up, Michelle. There how we go. How was your Father's Day? Man, I tell you what. Um, my boy spoiled me. It was great. They spoiled you. Oh, oh man, yeah. what did you look? You want to do the rundown? Did you get the no, sure. classic tie? No, I did not. I did not get a tie. Because oh, the key finder. Now, how, how long have you known me? Yeah, you know what? At my age, key finder is a very nice gift. So don't be knocking that one. Um, that'd be great. In fact, I, if I could hire somebody to find my keys for me all the that time, would be that'd nice be, that would be very nice. No, no it was good. Now, I tell you what. Um, and I didn't sleep late per se, I, you know, because I get up so darn early anyway during the week, yeah, like four yeah. in the morning. So mm. seven is like luxurious. <laughs> and so I got up and ran, you know, at the neighborhood. I got a little bit of a head cold. So it's like, mm. it's like, oh, it was hot and muggy. So I ran about 1030. And then my son, um, my my oldest son left and went to work because, you know, well, he's 18. He does these sort of things. Uh-huh. And uh, so my 15-year-old came in and said, hey, Dad, I want to watch a movie. I said, that's great. What do you want to see? And he said, well, there's a movie called I Can Only Imagine, which is uh, a fantastic movie uh, about forgiveness, more or less, and about the song I Can Only Imagine, which was a really huge hit, gosh, in 2003 right, or so. Right. But it's one of the top-selling Christian songs of all time. So he wanted to watch that. And I was like, hey, good that's movie. That's a good father's like, son yeah, movie. Okay, I'll watch that. Yeah, <laughs> oh. no, we're watching. You know, here's about yeah. a dad who was a jerk. So I'm like, you know, maybe my son's looking at me going, hey, maybe dad, I'll forgive you someday. And then he went to watch The Incredibles. Oh, and yeah. so the original one, because, yeah. of course, um, him being 15, he re- used to watch it as a little kid. Mm-hmm. And so now he got to watch it as where he had a little different. Pers- he could mm-hmm. understand the the adult parts right. of The Incredibles more than it's just a, oh, a really cool animated mm-hmm. movie. Uh, then my other son got home. We were going to go to the, the movie, mm-hmm. out movie, not in movie. Right. Yeah, but it was sold out, The Incredibles 2. Of course. So mm-hmm. we went and got the early bird 
uh, dinner. They bought me dinner. Mm-hmm. And, of course, um, you know, so I was there. I guess the, the average age of all the people in the restaurant were probably 115 years old because, you know, <laughs> we were eating like at 4 o'clock in the morning. But, I mean, the afternoon. But that was fine because I got a discount on it. And me being a dad, and I was paying for my own Father's Day dinner, hey, oh, I got discounts. So that's of good. Course. And then we went to go see The Incredibles 2, which is fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. Made over $180 million over the weekend, and for good reason, because it's only been 14 years since yeah. the, the first <laughs> one came out. And it was wonderful. And I tell you what, I'm, this isn't a spoiler because I'm not going to spoil it for you. Um, if you're familiar with The Incredibles, Jack-Jack is the baby. Uh, he develops some special powers at the end of the mo- the first movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like an overdrive, and he steals the movie in this thing. And there is one scene where he has a battle with a raccoon. This is probably the funniest thing that Pixar has ever done. And, I mean, we were just howling, howling. I mean, My you know, goodness. tears coming out of the eyes, funny on that. So it was very satisfying. We got home, of course, got home at like 9 o'clock, and I'm like, Dad's got to go to bed because it's 9 o'clock. i got to get up at 4, you know, because I'm, you know, ancient. But um, they wrote really nice Instagram posts. Staying there, which was yeah, you know, because that's the and they got me a card with a, an elderly man standing in front of a dam, and um, it said it was the best dam, as in dam, not the bad yeah. word, uh, card that we could find. That was what it was. <laughs> and my 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 fifteen year old said, Dad, you know, um, it's really hard finding a Father's Day card, you know, if your dad doesn't drink a lot or play golf all the time. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't really do either one, so right. he said we struggled with the card. But they they got me wireless running headphones. So oh, that's I'm good. excited about that's that. Good. That was a really nice purchase. Right. And, and then they got me some clothes that actually should fit me <laughs> since I have g- developed the tapeworm and lost all this weight. Yes. So uh that was good too. So it was uh it was nice and you know, um I'm lucky. And and you know, for me, of course, dad died two years mm-hmm. ago. And, you know, I mean I missed the heck out of him because mm-hmm. he was such a such a fun guy and a big part of my life and uh, you know, all these great stories and everything. And I wrote my column about him last week in, that was in the Clarion Ledger newspaper. I hope you got a chance to check that out. And you know, talk about those things that, you know, here all those years I gave him the tie, right? Mm-hmm. I gave him the gift. And, you know, it took really until he was gone for me to realize all those years he was actually giving me the gifts. Right. So that was really cool. That was. And I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed your Father's Day. And I told people all weekend long, uh, don't just run out and get your dad the next gift at Walgreens. You know, think about what he likes. Think about what he's into. And cater to the gift to your father, just like we do with our moms. Because sometimes dads get the brunt of everything, you know. <laughs> they get the last-minute gifts, and people think, oh, dad's going to be there. But always cherish, cherish your parents, mother or father, while they're here. Well, and that was the thing, mm-hmm. and I think the thing I enjoyed the most about yesterday, yeah, the gifts are awesome, and I'm going to I'm gonna use them, and they're wonderful, and the thought behind it was great. But the time, you mm-hmm. know, just spending the time with the mm-hmm. boys, and I enjoyed the time. I enjoy the men who they are becoming, and and so it was fun. And we were talking about that at dinner. You were talking about their friends, and you know, my friends' parents are a lot harder on them than they are on us, and than you are on us. I said because you guys don't screw up. I mean, I said if you were messing up, I would be like all over you and right. making your life miserable. But you are actually pretty decent kids. So that was um, for me, uh, you know. And of course, like I said, with Dad so fresh on my memory, it was just that made it more special. Yeah. But you know, I mean. Father's Day is once a year. Being a dad is 365 days out of the year. And speaking of great kids, um, my daughter started a new mentoring program today, a summer camp called um, 
just like me. Mm-hmm. And I'm so proud of my friend. She started this program. It's the first year, and uh, they they got a grant. And they got it implemented, and I'm so proud of them. It's at Jackson State, and yeah. they needed 60 girls. I believe they hit their numbers, and my daughter's really excited to meet some new friends. And just they're going to do a four-year plan for them from ninth grade to 12th. They're taking the ACT this morning, and just a lot of uh, fun things to get them prepared for high school. Okay, yeah, the ACT and fun things to get well, them prepared. No. Okay. They're good. Well, they're doing both. They're doing, um, okay. I mean, just fun stuff, but they're implementing education in in, in it as well. So it seems like it's fun, but it's going to be educational. But they're going to have a great time. And it's a two-week program, so two-week uh, summer camp. So that's going to be great. She started that this morning. Yeah. That, you know, she, she was excited. She, she's a great kid. She, she really is. is. And she, she, when she was up here, mm-hmm. she was so quiet. She is. And, and, and I was like... <laughs> It's what funny. Happened? I mean, what happened? I mean, you're not quiet. No, no, no. no. And that's that's what's funny. Uh, we talk about this a lot. You want your kids to be just like you. And why aren't you this extroverted type person? Jordan is who she is. And I love her. And she's so um, laid back, but she's very observant. And she loves basketball. You know, she likes what she likes. Mm-hmm. She likes to draw. She's a very good artist and things like that. So I watch her and I'm watching her grow and become who she is. She'll be 15, you know, in October. Oh, yeah. So just watching her become oh, who she what? is, it's exciting. Yeah, I tell you what's going to be exciting, my friend, is when you're sitting in that passenger seat <laughs> and she's driving. That's going to be exciting. I uh, We had to come back from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And so I said to my 15-year-old, I said, well, you ready to do some interstate time? She, he kind of looked at me because it was in my car. He's like, I don't like driving your car. Well, you're going to get used to it. So I made him drive from Tuscaloosa to Meridian. And um, how was that? He just looked at me and he said, Dad, how do you do this all the time? I'm exhausted. Wow. I said, well, because I have to. I mean, I travel a lot, be yeah. speaking and everything. But he did a great job. I mean, it's fine. And he, he did driver's ed last yeah, week. Yeah, you said that. He survived that. <laughs> and, and the driver's ed teacher survived that, too. And so that was good. Well, but, I've let her back out. I've let her yeah, that's park. Important. Uh, that's has, that's how far we've got. Well, yeah, because you generally don't need a ticket because you're letting your 14-year-old drive. Excuse, yeah. Hello, Highway Patrol. Um, her name is Michelle McAdoo. And you know what? I can't. It's like I want her to. I have so many things to Ooh, tell her. You know, I, I have to. I tell her to be responsible, mm-hmm. uh, watch, look both ways. And now that I know she's more interested in driving, I've yeah. been telling her or describing everything I do. The reason why I did this, and then she's like, Mom. I recommend Xanax for you. She tells me, you don't have to tell me every. I'm like, I do, because when you're on this side, I need to know you understand. You are going to wear a hole in the the floorboard from that emergency brake pedal Mm -hmm. that's invisible. (laughs) Yes, definitely. (laughs) I I tell you, you know, you talk about Jordan and her talents and your talents and, you know, and I think about my talents and none of my kids draw, which is, I, I said, is wonderful. I'm very happy about that personally because they're their own men. But all three of them are totally different. Mm. And so I'm sitting there with one, you know, talking about one thing. And then the other one comes in. He needs to talk about NBA basketball mm-hmm. and running. So I totally switch gears and I talk to him about that. And then my youngest comes in and is going to tell me all about Minecraft. So I've got to, you know, I've got to keep up. <laughs> How do you do it? You know you what? Just do it's it, huh? fun. It really is. And there was a scene in The Incredibles that I thought was fantastic because, you know, Mr. Incredible ends up having to take care of the kids. Uh, and yep. uh, somebody's. <laughs> Never, uh, by the way, never, ever, ever say, if you're guy, never say, I've got to go babysit my children. Right. Because that is a great way to get gutted by your spouse. <laughs> Trust me. Don't ever say that. But, you know, of course, Elastigirl goes off and she's doing her thing. She's awesome. I'm a big Elastigirl fan. 
and Mr. Incredible is like with the kids. And so he's having to teach, he's having to deal with each kid and their problems and everything else. And he's learning how to parent. And to me, that was probably the most touching part of that movie was because, you know, here I'm sitting there with my boys thinking, yeah, okay, I get that. You totally have to be engaged mm-hmm. and you totally have. To, and it's hard because, I mean, you, you know, you, <laughs> you were like going to school, mm-hmm. you're working, you're single parenting. I mean, you're a rock star. Yeah. Okay. You are. No, you're busy and you are. And it's like, you're so afraid that you're not giving your kid the kind of time, mm-hmm. time that you, and I've heard you say that, yeah. so I'm not revealing well, anything no, but here. Yeah. And, and it, you know, and I'm that way too, because I'm out on the road a mm-hmm. lot. I'm out there. And, you know, when I interviewed Robert Kayat, who was the former Chancellor mm-hmm. of Ole Miss, I asked him about his dad, because his dad was very famous on the Gulf Coast, was a longtime supervisor, was just... And I asked him a little bit about his dad, and he said, oh, you know, he was more of a public figure to us than he was a dad. Wow. And that was haunting to me because I thought for a second, I don't want my kids. Right. When, you know, I'm gone saying to my, to their kids or to an interviewer, yeah, mm-hmm. dad was just a public figure mm-hmm. to us. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I don't even care if they know that I draw. Right. You know, that's because right. that's, and frankly, they could care less about that because that's not how they see me. And I feel like if that's the case, maybe I'm doing something right. And that's what I like about, um, you, you know, you ha- we have responsibilities, but as long as I, my daughter can look up in the stands and see me sitting at every last one of her basketball games, yeah. I, I try to make every last one. I don't, I feel really bad if I have to miss one for something, but for the most part, I've made all of them. And like you said, you never want her to make that shot, that winning shot or two oh, points no. or one point and you're not there. So I try to make that. And like you said, some kids at this age, she kind of says I'm smothering her, but I think at the end she will appreciate everything I've done, even the smothering. She better. <laughs> and, and I tell you what, if she doesn't just tell her to call me and I'll True. have a talk with her. Get through. Oh, I know. They're teenagers. That's yeah, what they do. They do. You know, they're like, oh, mom. Get a, yeah, stop kissing me. Stop. She gave me a hug this morning, though. I was shocked in front of all the girls at the mentoring really? program. She gave me a hug. What? I think she was trying to be funny. Was she like trying to find some money in your pocket or something? <laughs> I don't know what. She stood up. I was like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm saying bye. I was like, oh, look at you. Shouts out to Jordan. <laughs> wow. That's awesome because you, you didn't have to drop her off like 500 yards from the school. No, no. And I guess because it was at Jackson State, she feels like a big girl. You know, like I'm, oh, in, I know. I'm in college now. They get to walk over to the cafeteria for lunch and breakfast, and she's going to have a great time. My son did that last year. Mm-hmm. He did a lot leadership uh, program up at Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he was like 14, and he was roaming the Ole Miss exactly. campus. Oh, my gosh. He came back. He's like, I am so ready to go to college now. <laughs> did you know you can go to the cafeteria? any time of the day and eat as much food as you want. I mean, and they start telling me how much food he ate. And I was like, I'm surprised they didn't kick you out of there. Right. That's incredible. He's like, oh, yeah, I had five pizzas. I'm like, oh, my gosh. If I did, if I had like three slices, I would gain 19 right. pounds. So. You know, that's all college is about, eating as much food as you want, right? Yes. That's what I told my parents. That's where I gained all this weight, Dad, was all that food I I've know, been eating. I know, Because it wasn't anything else, trust me. All right. I tell you what, I'm excited. Michelle, you're going to love our next guest. Oh, yeah. I love her already. You I met should. her with her beautiful tan. She got great I'm tan. I'm jealous. I, I will tell this, though. She has, she was wearing sunglasses yes. like a dutiful, very smart person, saving her eyes. And she's got these great raccoon-looking eyes right now. It so, looks cool, though. It, it is, and it's totally lost on radio. I hate that. I really wish we were doing TV on this one. It would be great. Well, anyway, Brandy Perry is going to be our guest coming up, and you're going to love her. But right now, we're going to take a break. So this is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio.
no matter if you use an app to start your car or still have a flip phone. Everyday Tech can decipher today's technology for tomorrow's solutions. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or the MPB public media app. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. All right, welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. A little motivational music on Motivational Monday. Thanks, Michelle. I like that. That's good stuff. All right. I just want to sing along. No, you don't want me to sing along. <laughs> Trust me. Very. Speaking of uh, motivational, our guest today is the courageous, I like that, courageous and talented Brandy Perry. Brandy, um, number one, how do you like the theme song? Oh, I love it. That's it fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So you just want us to play us for the next? Um, yeah, we can. We can okay. just sing along and make it karaoke, I guess, or nope. something. You would probably do. I'll let you sing lead. I'm okay. I don't really sing in public. Yeah. No, I don't even sing in the shower. It's shower in the car, and that's it for me. I don't even do that because I tend to break windows and, you know, plumbing breaks and everything else. Michelle will sing for us, though. All right. You're having too much fun in there. We're going to take the buttons away from you if you keep that up. All right. Anyway, it's been a long time. God, how long has it been? Because, I mean, in, an, in another life, on another radio channel, and that's when I met you. Yeah, and, it, I think my second book was coming out then, A Whisper on the Bayou. Yeah. So it's been six, seven years, five, six, seven so, years. And you like hadn't that. changed. You've changed quite a bit. I have. I've just gotten really old. No, no, that's not what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but you're still Marshall. Like, it doesn't matter where I see you or, you know, communicate with you. You're yeah, still now you got me paranoid. How have I changed exactly now? I need, I need to write this down. So, so when I go to my therapist, I can say. <laughs> that, that's for a different show. Okay, okay. very good. Um, like I said, though, but you've been, I mean, you've been cranking the books out. And I'm really proud of you on Thank that you. Um, because, A, you're a good writer. Thank you. Now, this is one of the books here, and I didn't know about this one, How to Be a writer yeah um that was a contract book from the publishing company they asked me to to produce that it was okay like i just it wasn't my one of my babies as i like to say you know it was more of a how to get your book written um i just don't like how-to books but i think we need to touch on that at some point during this because Mm -hmm. um and i think that's one of the best parts about your story because well let's start with the beginning Mm -hmm. columbia is that where you're yeah okay so there you go columbia mississippi Mm mm-hmm one of the first capitals of the state of Mississippi. Absolutely. Right Most there beautiful the, downtown in the state. really is pretty. It is really pretty. Gorgeous right near the Pearl, mm-hmm. the Mighty Pearl. Yes. So uh, you started there. You grew up there. Talk I about did. Talk about, you know, I mean, did you think you would be a writer when you were a kid? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, mine, I actually growing up, I had many different things I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to fly airplanes. I wanted to be an attorney. And the attorney thing stuck for, for a long time. Yeah. Um. But when I got to college, you know, I, I just, it was funny because I had no patience at all. And, and I like to tell the story. My mom um, would say, well, you need, you need to pray about that. You know, was, <laughs> and so I, I did. I prayed for patience. Yeah. And the next thing I know, um, I'm in my counselor's office and I want to go into education. Um, so the yeah, because that's a, <laughs> a great place to learn patience is being a teacher. It is. The Lord has a funny way of, of teaching you patience. Yeah. And so I went into education, ended up going back to the high school that I graduated from Columbia High, which was fascinating. And they're like, we thought we got rid of you. Yeah. And my, even the teachers that taught me were still there. And so that was 
strange. It yeah. was a little um, overwhelming, to say the least, you know, but um, was there for several years, taught for several years in general. And then in uh, 2009, things changed dramatically. They did. They did. They did. Um, I guess, I mean, what happened? Because, I mean, here you were cruising along on cruise control. You were mm-hmm. teaching everything. Did you start having weird symptoms? Yeah, I, mean, I started having headaches that just weren't normal. Um, yeah, and why did you have headaches? We'll just go ahead and get that okay. elephant um, out there. I had Chiari malformation. And, uh, that sounds um, painful. It, it was from yeah. a headache perspective, right. but I had no idea what it really entailed. That's part um, of your brain, though. Yeah, okay. it's, it's where your brain stem and spinal cord come together in the back of the oh brain. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on um, April the 19th or something, uh, 2009, I had emergency brain surgery at St. Dominic. And uh, what happened? I mean, you said emergency was it one of those yeah. deals where you're standing there and all of a sudden you were on it, an ambulance it or It was what? basically like from from one day to the next, things just changed. I couldn't move one side of my body. <sighs> well, my legs weren't working correctly. And, you know, it just we just knew something was terribly, terribly wrong. And we were um, thankfully kind of established with a neuro for the headaches, but yeah. we just didn't have really that idea. So um, they put me in and uh, had surgery the, that, that day. That day. That day. So they weren't going to mess around with this. No, it was, um, it, it, usually with Chiari, if you're diagnosed with Chiari, you're, it may not ever affect your life. Yeah. You know, and some people pass away and never knew they even had it. Really? You know, it, it's usually genetic, um, but we don't know of anybody in my family that has had it or has it. You know, um, it's, it is typically genetic and, and it may flare up between the ages of 25 and 45 is what they say. And that was right there in the middle of that, you know, and. Um, I was living, you know, the good life I thought. And, yeah. uh, but I think it, it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me, to be honest. Um, you know, I was sent back home to live with my parents and, uh, learn to do a lot of things over again. I was going to say there, there had to be quite a bit of rehab involved. There with was, that. um, my parents were fantastic. You know, my mom's a nurse and so she helped me with a lot of different things, but I think it came down to being really stubborn, you know, because no, <laughs> um, you know, they had said it may be a while or may not regain the use of my legs, right. you know, cause there was some damage to the brainstem and the spinal cord. And, um, it was a, probably about a year, but a year later, um, I ran a 5k in Columbia. I, I, let me rephrase that. I probably ran half of that, but, yeah, um, but you were, but that was there. my celebratory point, you know, and, um, but really struggled with, with, you know, being tired and the headaches and just the functionality of everything. It just was lagging for yeah. quite a while. And um, so I finally just kind of dove into the idea that I might want to write. And, I mean, I didn't have anything else to do. I had all this time on my hands. Yeah, you have a degree, <laughs> yeah, you have a degree in English and history. Yeah. So, you, you, you know, you had the chops. But I, I liked teaching writing more than I wanted to write. Really? Yeah. And I think once those roles changed, once I wasn't teaching it, I had to find a way to express myself. Well, I was um, going to say one of those things that when you go through something as large as brain surgery, was it one of those things where you woke up and you said, you know what? Life is very precious and absolutely. I'm going to do what I want to do. Yeah. I was, um, for the first time I watched a sunrise, um, you know, people see sunrises all the time, right. but they don't really watch the sunrise, you know, and the same thing with sunsets. That's like, if you look at my Instagram or, or Facebook, there's going to be four or five pictures of, of people and there's going to be 400 p- pictures of the sky. You and me both. <laughs> and, but don't stare at the sun. No, no. I mean, you see, I've yeah. worn my shades. You protect, do where you're I, doing yeah. that. But, mm-hmm. but you know, you, you say that, and I take a lot of pictures of that too, after the, when I had the cancer, mm-hmm. um, 
I mean, I really appreciate seeing this. This morning yeah. was gorgeous. It, yeah. There was an amazing sunrise this morning. And all the other people out there working out with me, you know, they're kind of ignoring it. And I'm just sitting there like a little kid watching an airplane fly over, watching <laughs> this thing going, because you know what? We got another day. Right. Absolutely. And you when know. you, I appreciate the days that I get to see it rise and watch it set, you know, because I mean, a lot of times life gets in the way and you just don't have a chance to do that. Right. But on days that you actually get to watch it rise and then at the end of the day, watch it set again, you know, and I have specific places that I like to watch those things happen. And um, not standing out in the middle of the road or anything like that. No. Uh, at the airport in Columbia. Really? Is a fantastic sunrise spot. I mean, sunset spot. And so is Bluff Street Park right off of Main Street in Columbia. Bluff and, Street um, Park. I think that's on a bluff. It's right on the river. Okay. I'm smart <laughs> and, like that. Yeah. And so when you come to Columbia in August, you'll have to stop by. Maybe you can see that. I, I am coming to Columbia mm-hmm. in August. And I, I think I'm going to be down there by 8 o'clock in the morning. So it's I probably will see early. the sun. Yeah, yeah. We'll see the sunrise <laughs> on the way down there as well. You know, like I said, though, this hit you. Um, you had to do the rehab when you were, I mean, were you just laying around for a long time doing the recovery? Yeah, so. I didn't know what to to do. Um, yeah. I was kind of to the, that point in my life, I'd never slowed down. You know, I was constantly going, constantly doing, and now I was kind of stuck. Yeah. Um, and I needed to find a way to to establish myself again. Felt right. like I was worth doing something. And uh, so I wrote Wayward Justice, which was my first book, and it was, it was rough. It was so rough. And, um... You know, I like to joke with people that when it launched, it sold like eight copies overnight. And I know a lot more than eight people, you know. And so somebody didn't get a book initially, but that's right. okay. But I like to joke with people about that. And But it was a humbling experience, you know. I, I'm not... Um, I'm not Stephen King, you know. I'm not some of these big-name guys, but... Um, but it gave me a stepping point. Right. It gave me... Um, and it gave it lit a fire that, yeah. that I really thought this was something I wanted to do. Well, I mean, there's probably people that are listening right now going, okay, Brandy, that's great. You wrote a book and you it sold eight copies on the first day. <laughs> there's some things in the middle there. How did this happen? I mean, how did you get it published? How did you to know what to write? And how, I mean, there was a lot of pieces there you had to learn in between. There were... Um, I think my teaching experience really backed this up and really helped it out a lot. Um, I researched, like, I mean, I had yeah. all this time on my hands, so I had a laptop, and I went to research, and how do you how do you get a book published? And um, I wrote it in about four months. It wasn't but about 186 pages, you know, kind of a small book, but um, I, I submitted it 13 times. Uh, Twelve of them said, no, this isn't what we're looking for, you know, and I was like, okay, well, it's like this one will be shelved, you know, this isn't one, and finally, Publish America out of Baltimore, Maryland said, yeah, we'll take a chance on it. Wow. And um it was okay. Yeah. But I've I've grown so much as a person and as a writer, you know, since then. Like I, I everything changed after that. Right. Like it just opened up a world to me that was so exciting to be able to write a book and let somebody, you know, read what I've yeah, done. Yeah, but what if you'd said, you know, oh it after maybe the fifth rejection, oh well, that's it. I don't <laughs> need to be writing. Well, I think it was to that point, um, I felt like I didn't have anything else to hold on to. Right. You know, I felt like that was something I desperately needed to have in my life at that time. And so I was just going to keep trying until somebody said yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I think the biggest thing is when you get knocked down, you don't stay there. Right. You, know, you don't just, if a door gets slammed in your face, well, that wasn't your door. You know, you, you have to just be patient and wait for another one to open. And um, 
Yeah, was, you kick it in and you beat the person yeah, up for slamming it in your yeah, face. Oh, no, yeah. wait, that's not the right <laughs> I was always the one that, you know, wanted to kick that door in. I, yeah. I, I was not looking for another door. Well, we're so. going to continue this conversation because I really honestly, your writing process is pretty cool, too. You, you've really <laughs> grown into a really great author, but you've also had a few more challenges that have come your way, too. Yes, and we're going to talk about that, too. All right, we're going to continue with award-winning author Brandy Perry. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. This is Now You're Talking. Can't stick around for the rest of the show? You can always catch up by logging on our website at mpbonline.org or use the MPB Public Media app on your mobile device. This is MPB Think Radio, where Mississippi is our mission. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. What was really good about this song that you're not catching is seeing Michelle in there doing the disco dance. That was nice. That really was. All right, welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Uh, If you're just tuning in, today our guest is award-winning author of five novels and a brain surgery survivor, which I guess makes this song even more poignant. Sorry, just getting into the music. Brady Perry's with us here today. John John Travolta has a new movie out. Do you see that? Guy? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Can Michelle just like um, DJ? Like, you know, DJ for the I, rest. I mean, she, she's really good. Well, she's she's got a history at this. She this knows, is fantastic. She, she does know how to do this. Uh, in her in her alter, she's kind of like the Incredibles. <laughs> yeah, she yeah. has her own secret identity that she doesn't really reveal too often, and she goes out and puts a mask on and goes and DJs. She's quite good at it. She's very good, at to it. say the least. Um, you know, you have brain surgery, and you got to think that you talk about the mother of all wake up calls. Mm-hmm. Talk about who you were before it and who you were afterward. Do you think it really made a big difference in who you were? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, before it, I, I kind of took things for granted. I wasn't exactly the most humble person you know no. I, I, I just kind of well, i didn't know you then flew so. you know on like just whatever way the direction went i went like yeah. you, you know and um this i think sometimes you you have to have that wake up call you know and it's not always medical it's you know something can come up and it just wakes you up and makes you realize there's so much more in this world that we just we just don't see you yeah. know and um since then, you know, I, I really take my friends and family. Um, they're really dear to my heart. Nothing is taken for granted. No day is taken for granted. And um, I'm very humble. I'm very, very humble. You start the day with gratefulness. Absolutely. Every but, single morning. Let me ask you this, because, uh, you know, I mean, the brain's a, a mysterious creature anyway. Did you notice that you felt different or you had any different perception or anything after they had carved on, on your brain? <laughs> um, I joked with my, my neurosurgeon afterwards that all of a sudden I had all these ideas I wanted to write about. You know, I had, had tons of ideas that, yeah. and I started queuing them away in my, in my um, notebook. And he said, you know, there wasn't that unheard of, you know, that there had been people that 
had had brain surgery and all of a sudden they could play the piano. Now, I didn't get that. Okay. <laughs> I was not, I'm not music, musically inclined at any point in my life, but um, I don't know if it was the brain surgery itself or just me being in a different position in my life yeah. that I'd never been in before. Um, but Wayward Justice came out and um, about a year and a half later, I guess, is when I met, well, it's been, it was probably about two years later, I met you and yep. A Whisper on the Bayou was oh, released. Right. Um, Whisper on the Bayou was the book that made me realize this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Well, it got, I mean, got good acclaim, too. I mean, it was nominated for the Mississippi Library Association Fiction Book of the Year. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Some guy named John Grisham won that. Um, I don't know who that is, but I guess this book might have been a little bit Um, better. Yeah. (laughs) I think you wrote a book called A Time to Make Money or something something like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, He's done about killing somebody. He's done well for himself. He has done really well for himself. He has a G5. That's an airplane. Jeez. Yeah. So and he, I bet he sold more than eight the first night. I, I guarantee you, he did more like eight million. Yeah, but million. still, you're okay. <laughs> so yeah, your name is whispered along the same breath as John Grisham. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah, I've never so, thought of it quite like that. Well, that's what I'm here for. So, <laughs> most of your novels, of course, include the places that are dear to your heart. You're doing what Mark Twain said. You're mm-hmm. writing about what you know. Um, talk a little bit. You you try to add some hometown in your book. Absolutely. I mean, Columbia to me is is a slice of Americana. You know. Um, Simpson County, and, and I hope nobody in Simpson County gets offended, but they have one of the most beautiful courthouses in the state. I mean, mm-hmm. they just do. But um, there's just something special about the Marion County Courthouse. And I can just see that on a postcard. I can oh, see. Our phones are lighting up right now. Everybody <laughs> from Simpson County is calling to cuss you. I figured. Don't, don't be doing smack on our courthouse. Right, I know. Um, but you, it's we joke and say, you know, we'll have a competition and let's vote on the two most beautiful ones, you know, and so we um, run a food and travel blog as well. And so we're um, always promoting Columbia. And um, I don't ever want to write about something that I don't know about because I don't want somebody to pick up the phone, you know, and call me and, or that's email never me. never stopped me and say, <laughs> ever. And say, well, that's not how that works. You know, right. that's not how. So I spend a lot of time researching. Um, I typically outline the entire book before I write it. I was going to ask that because some people will literally say, okay, this is where I'm starting and then just kind of let it flow. But you kind of know. I always know the beginning or the end. Yeah. Um, it's usually not both, but um, I'll outline the entire book in a in a notebook. And it, that's my points that I go by when I start writing. So I was going to say the, the process of you actually writing a book, how long does it take you to do that? Uh, if I'm just going to sit down and write, Eight to ten months. Eight to ten months. Are you like a get up in the morning and write five hundred words kind of person? Or? I would love to be that person. And yeah. and you know for two or three weeks I may be, but then for two or three more I can't get You're at the two beach. word. That's or or at the beach. You're yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's hard to write at the beach. It is, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It's very hard to write at the beach. But, but you know, I mean, two of the best short stories I've ever written, plus the best cartoon I've ever mm-hmm. done, I was down in Gulf Shores. Right. I mean, go figure. Because yeah. sometimes it does take getting out of out of out of sorts to get your brain Absolutely. going. And I do I feel more inspired after I've stepped away for a little bit. Yeah. You know, I feel like, um, I mean, we launched a really big tour with Splintered on Wednesday, and, and it kind of gave me that motivation, you know, that this is this is it. We're, we're ready to roll with this. So Wow. So you've got boxes of books. You're ready to go. Where's your tour taking you? Um, well, it's going to start in Columbia. Um, That's every, important. Every one of, every, any book tour that I start starts in Columbia. Um, I think that's so important because that community has been so supportive of me, you know, even from high school. Yeah, but I've seen you in the wild down there. They love you down there. Well, thank you. Yeah, because I remember that time I did the, the, ro- the remote. The super talk, yeah. Yeah, don't, shh, don't say that word. 
No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, the remote. Yeah, the remote. And and so, um, but yeah, no, it's, it's mm-hmm. like you can tell everybody here. So you're going to start with Columbia and go where? Um, I, I'm in Columbia for a couple of weeks, actually. July kind of slows down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just didn't want to spend all of my beautiful summer days on the road. But uh, in August, I'll be um, on the coast. I've got opportunities in Chattanooga um, at Chattanooga State. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing a young adult book festival called the Yahoo Festival. Um, I'll be speaking in Nashville and Russellville, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I got an email from them this morning. So um, just kind of all over the southeast, possibly Indiana, you know, just anywhere they'll take me, honestly. Indiana's not in the southeast. It, it's not at all. But my uncle and aunt live there. Okay. And they're kind of southern. Yeah. Well, not- no, I mean southern Indiana. <laughs> not, I'm not, I've been there. I mean, I understand. Talk about, too, I mean, you like you said, doing it out of your hometown is important because you feel like those are people that supported you a little bit. Um, let's see, Barry Cries. Mm-hmm. That was 2012. Yeah. Uh, you got the Publish America's Fiction Cover of the Year Award. Right. Yeah. Th- that was a lot of fun. Um, with that publishing company, I was kind of responsible. Not so you changed around. You changed around. Yes, publishing I company. have. Okay. Um, I was kind of responsible for coming up with the idea for the cover, yeah. and so there was um, not far from where I live in in northern Marion County. There is a um, an old burned down house, you know, and the um, the chimney's still there, and it's kind of grown up and just really cool looking, looking. very southern. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so I took a few pictures of that and sent it to them, and then found out that. It was the best cover they had for fiction that year. Wow. Um, but I just took the picture. I didn't design the cover, so, you know. Yeah, but obviously you had some talent as a photographer, too. Well, I like taking pictures. Yeah. So, there you go. Was there a sunrise or a sunset in there? There wasn't. I haven't been able to work that in yet. You need to work on that. You really <laughs> do. Work hard. Uh, you you were asked to represent the state of Mississippi during the Arts and uh, Literature Month, mm-hmm. so that's cool. That is, um, that's been one of the most rewarding things I think I've done since I've been in this career. Yeah. Um, you know, you get to meet, you know, people don't realize that through the Welcome Centers, there's people from all over the world that come through there. Yes. And it is fascinating to be able to talk with people from Germany and Australia that are in Mississippi just to go see one particular thing. So you're two. hanging out at the Welcome Center? Yes. Really? Yes. Tell me, how does that work? Um, usually I go in and they set up a table and I'll I'll have my book displayed. You can't actually do signings there, um, but you can promote your books as much as you want. And yeah. so people from all over the world come by and pick up, you know, a pamphlet, an info pamphlet. And a lot of these people I hear from later that they bought it on Kindle or if they ordered it from oh, Amazon cool. or whatever. Yeah. And, um, you know, I met a couple from Iceland. And um, that's a when long I was, drive. That is a long I didn't even know you could do that. No, I have to drive real fast. Real fast. And <laughs> um, but they ended up buying a book out of my trunk. Really? That day. See, now that's a, that that means you're a real author because you're always driving around with books I, in your I trunk. I am. I am. I don't know. I do that too. <laughs> never know. Excuse you me. You never know. Like, no, you don't. Um, I was actually dropping off books uh, the other day that were pre-orders, and yeah. when I was dropping off, somebody said, "Do you still have another one? Can I, you know, can I buy one of those?" I well, like, yes, Absolutely. you can. Absolutely. Yeah. No. <laughs> never no, you may not. One. No, you may not buy a book for me. So not in a million years. Uh, you're nominated for the Mississippi Governor's Ars Award, and, mm-hmm. and, and that was 2017. You were, no, when was that? Uh, that was, I think that was six, either 15 or 16. 16. Okay. Um, Signature Magazine out of Hattiesburg, they do a, a local a little um, voting thing, and I was runner-up on that one, too, nice. an author out of Laurel. Okay. So, and that felt... Like it was, it was re- rewarding to know there's people in like Hattiesburg and Laurel and different places other than just Columbia 
you yeah, know, that are familiar with they me. Know your, oh, no, mm-hmm. everybody across from, from Mobile to Memphis are going to know about you today. <laughs> so you're, you're famous now. New book is Splintered, which, like I said, I'm holding in my hand. We're talking to Brandy Perry. Uh, this one is autographed because it says on a sticker, it says autographed by author. It is author. I'll be darned. So, and it's got big type. I can read it. That's good. Tell us about Splintered. Uh, Splintered uh, starts in Natchez. Well, mm-hmm. actually, do I have time to tell you like how the idea started? Why, yes. Okay. Yeah. You got um, one minute, so. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, we can always, you know, continue okay. it if you need to. So I was in uh, Rogers, Arkansas about three years ago mm-hmm. and was just rambling around this beautiful downtown and saw the Lane Hotel. And the Lane was built in 1909. And it looks like it's straight from Great Gatsby. And um, a custodian there, I was asking him some questions, and he said, I sure wouldn't want to be locked up in there. And when he said that, it just triggered, like, what? why wouldn't you want to be locked up in right. there? And so the idea for Splintered was kind of born out of that. So, um, oh, I can't wait to read it. <laughs> but but Rogers, Arkansas, it, and that's suspenseful, so it had to be it, kind it, of set somewhere else. So you stuck and it and put it started, started in Natchez. started in Natchez and then ends in New Orleans. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So, in the Garden District. Very nice. Yes, sir. So I look forward to reading that, too. And that's coming, of course, Splintered. And it's, is it out now? Um, it will be at midnight tomorrow night. Okay, so now you got everybody going, wait a minute, Randy, that's like Christmas. Now i got to wait. Yes, and make sure y'all get one. So anyway, um, we'll talk about a little bit more, too, because you've got, you've got a couple more challenges that are facing you. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're taking it with stride because that's how you take things. Thank that's you. That's why, why you're so awesome. Anyway, uh, take our last break, and we're going to return. We'll continue speaking with author Brandy Perry and find out what's next for her. Stay tuned for more Now You're Talking, only here on MPB Think Radio. Standing member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. You're listening to Now You're Talking with Marshall Ramsey on MPB Think Radio. Michelle does not get a raise for today's bumper music, then she will never get a raise. Michelle, you have hit it out of the park today. That is amazing. All right. Studio audience is clapping as well. We got, welcome back to Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio, by the way. We have award-winning author, Mississippi's own award-winning author, Brandy Perry. And of course, um, Brandy and I, I met her many, many years ago. She came on one of my other radio shows and uh, just really have always admired her grit and uh, her resilience and being able to and, and really chase after her dreams. Uh, you know, you did the brain surgery thing. Mm-hmm. It just made it really sound like it was, so, hey, I just drove through <laughs> a little quick nip and tuck on my brain and everything's good. Um, totally changed your life. You were a teacher, mm-hmm. which was nothing wrong with that. Right. I mean, God, I'm married to a teacher. I love teachers. They're awesome. Uh, but, you know, you kind of said, you know, wait a minute. I, 
I got another chance here. I can do something different. Yeah. And so you start writing these books and they've done well and they're good books. I mean, you're a good writer and, and you, and like you said, you can see the progression in every book. Oh, absolutely. You know, and yeah. I think that's that I, I like, for instance, I look back at my cartoons I did 20 years ago mm-hmm. when I came here. <laughs> no, it's like, Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Yeah. No, that sound effect, but that's what yeah. I do when I see them. So, I mean, you probably feel that way when you read your early ones. You're like, Oh no, God. I do. And people ask me all the time, do you read your books? And I was like, well, I've read it nine times now through the editing process. So I don't want to see it anymore. Like I want somebody else to read it now. <laughs> I know. Um, people say, yeah. Did you watch your television show? I was like, no, I wasn't there I in was the first there. place. I mean, I'll watch them sometimes and sit there and realize, oh my gosh, I really need to work on this, this, and this. Yeah. But on that. Okay. So you're thinking, I had brain surgery. Okay. Good Lord's thrown about everything he can throw at me. And then you got another curveball. I did get another curveball. Um, in uh, I guess it was it must have been 2015. Um, I had started running pretty regularly at this point. Stop it. And um, yeah, no terrible habit. Very bad. For and um, and I was running, and I noticed my legs weren't quite working like they should. And um, like how? I mean, they just... it, it it was basically like baby deer legs, like just kind of all over the place, kind of wobbly, wobbly, very yeah. wobbly. Um, didn't have a lot of balance. And, um, and I, so we were trying to figure out, and they had told us that Kiari can reverse itself, you know, yeah. if possibly. And so of course we rushed right back to St. Dominic and, um, they discovered that I have a super tiny little brain tuber called a parasagittal meningioma, but that wasn't my problem. You know, those are benign. They, you know, a lot of people have them. Um, you're thinking, good, I have a brain tumor. Wait, no, right. Not Cause he yeah. said, that's not your problem, you know, and, and we were kind of just dumbfounded. And, um, so we were, we were sent to Oshner in New Orleans and, yeah. um, Dr. David Houghton is, um, is a muscular neuro whatever with muscle diseases. And after a couple of spinal taps, seeing people here and there, he said, you have spina cerebella ataxia too. Now, ataxia is basically you just can't walk a straight line. It's it's a drunk disease, basically. You're yeah. you're all over the place. And um I run into things, I do stuff like that. It's really weak in my immune system. Um I have really, really good days, you know, and I hold on to those, but there's some days that I just lay on the couch. You just I can't get just off. Yeah. can't do anything. So what was your reaction? I mean, you're sitting and you get this. First probably you pick up the phone phone and you're starting to Yeah, and he said, Don't Google it. Yeah. Um, you know, because if you, some things you Google, I mean, if you get anything off WebMD, you're going to die, basically. Like, you have a chest well, cold, well, this could too. be this, 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 you know. And um, the thing with a taxi is there are seven of them. Um, five of them, you're, you basically go home on hospice, and it, it's very similar to ALS. Yeah. Um, I'm thankful that I have one of the two that really, it can be controlled with medication, it can be controlled with rest and things like that, but... Um, I still have an issue of not slowing down a whole lot, you know, and that catches up with me because yeah. when I get tired, my, my body is really tired. Um, and, and so my tired days, I have one probably every couple of weeks that I just have to not do a thing. There's no real cure for this. There obviously. is no cure. Yeah, no, no cure for it. But like you said, with medicine, you can slow it down. Right. I was, I had got back into the classroom accidentally about three years ago for a teacher who, um, had had breast cancer and um and I was it was only supposed to be an eight week process which turned into three years and um it I was full speed of course you know and and I had a couple of setbacks had been really sick and so they asked me not to my doctor suggested me not be in in the classroom so that just kind of propelled me to go ahead and finish Splintered because I had 200 pages of research I just didn't know where to put it all right then well I was going to say with with this new reality that you're living in um 
writing is actually a very good thing for you to be able to do. It is. It's fantastic. I can do it anywhere from, you right. know, I mean, I write in my pajamas all the time, you know, right. like there's just something and I can rest my muscles doing it. Yeah. And, and that's really rewarding. Like when we were on the beach, I had, we had one rain day. Um, and, uh, so I just laid on the couch and worked, you know, and, and my friends were joking with me and I said, well, I've done this, this, and this. And they're like, from the couch, <laughs> you've done it from the, and I was like, I know how fantastic, you know, but, um, I'm still, I'm still very thankful because there's so many more people in much worse situations right. medically than I'm in. See, I mean, I mean I, right now, I mean, you coming in and I haven't seen you in a while. I couldn't, I could not have even told you had it. Good. Thank so, you. Yeah. So you're having yeah. a good day. Yeah. A very good day. You know, some days you kind of walk like a penguin. Um, yeah. kind of side to side more than like this. And, I do that every day. So. But I mean, <laughs> and I bump into walls and, you know, different people, but, um, it's, it's fine. Well, we, the thing about you and I mean, you know, I'm just from a, a distant observer and from getting to, to meet you a few times, your attitude has always been very strong. Thank you. Do you think this is something obviously having a good attitude that helps you with Oh the, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think if, if you're mentally strong about something, I mean, there's days that get really frustrating, but I was going to ask, you have yeah. days where you just kind of shake your fist at oh, the yeah. sky and yeah. go, why me? Mm -hmm. yeah. I get, I get angry at myself for days that I don't feel like my body's doing what I want it to do. Um, but then, you know, I know that in 24 hours, that's a brand new day and we yeah. may be, doing whatever. So is this something that eventually it'll progress to the point where you won't be able to walk or anything like that down the road? I would hope not, but yeah. there's always that possibility. Okay. There so, is. Uh, but we're going to pull for that not to happen. Absolutely. So that's what I said. Yeah. That's, you, like you said, you're one of the two where this could be something manageable for a long time. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's and, awesome. And Oshner's a fantastic place, you know, yeah. and, and they work really hard to keep their patients um, where they need to be. And, and I'm in close contact with them. I see them every three months. And so they're, uh -huh. a, they're a second family, you know, they, come, about to say. they want to come to book signings and want books. And, you know, so that when, when people care about you and they're close to you and they know how to help you, um, that makes things a lot easier as well. Do you feel, have you, have you, uh, been in touch with anybody else who has the same disease because it's like you know even the melanoma like I never knew right. anybody had melanoma no. and then suddenly it's like you buy a white car and suddenly everybody's everybody car has just one. like it yeah. yeah um not with not with the SEA but there were a couple of people in Columbia that had Chiari surgery right really? after I did you know and it's a really small town but, yeah um a, a friend they were just of, jealous of you. they must have been I mean it was the cool haircut and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> but it, you know, a friend of ours close to the family started having some issues with her eyes yeah. and, um, and she had surgery probably three months after I did, Wow! but her effects were different than mine. You know, she had more issues with the eyes, more issues, um, with the hands and things yeah. afterwards, but mine was mostly to the legs. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on television. I don't even sleep in a <laughs> particular hotel brand. I will say this, though. I think your attitude probably is going to be your secret. Mm -hmm. I think so, too. I mean, I just there's no reason not to have a good attitude. There's always something beautiful to see and always something good to find in each Oh, day. I can give you a couple of reasons, but, I mean, no, no I'm just kidding. let's just nod. Okay. Well, okay. I thought it was going to be Debbie Downer on you today. Um, are you working on another book right now? I am. I'm 40 pages into a new book. Um Best seat in the house is what it's what it's called, and ah. of course it's it's on the beach. Um, okay, so I would love to see it as a Christmas release, but I doubt that's going to happen. So you wrote off this beach trip uh, a little bit. Yeah, okay, a little bit. There yeah, you go. you're smart. I like that. <laughs> oh gosh, website real quick. Uh, BrandyPerry.com. Brandy, it's an honor and a pleasure to see you thank as you always. Thank you so much. Oh, yes, so good. Sir. We'll have to get you back on when the next book comes. Sounds out. Sounds great. We'll do that. I want to thank once again our fantastic author, multi genre, just all-around good person, 
Brandy Perry, and uh, taking time to come to see us today. Now you're talking is production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting, Think Radio, and is produced by the incredible, amazing, wonderful, fantastic, and great bumper music picking Michelle McAdoo. Please stay tuned for Southern Remedy and join us next week for more. Now you're talking with me, Marshall Ramsey, on MPB Think Radio. Stop.